How you doing, folks? This is Gospel of Kinnison, episode 129, brought to you the week of May 6, 2020. I'm your host. My name is James Kinnison. Welcome to my personal audio journal. I know it's been a couple of weeks, but as I promised, I've been working on a concept called Podcast My Life, where I'm going to go through pretty much everything that's happened since I was born. Here and there, you've heard pieces of it, but now we're going to get all the way through it. So here we go. I was born in 1973 uh, to Wayne Lewis Rogers and Catherine Drusilla Rogers. Uh, My name was James Lewis Rogers. I was born uh, in Gainesville, Florida, and raised up in Jacksonville, Florida. And, um, my middle name and last name were obviously after my birth father, Wayne Lewis Rogers. And that's spelled by the way, with an R O D G E R S. So it's rare, even though I don't have that name anymore, but we'll get there. And I had two siblings at the time. Um, well, I was the oldest of five eventually, but at first it was just three. It was just the three of us, me and my sister, and um, she was born a year and a half after I was, and then another year and a half later came my other sister. Um, we lived in Jacksonville, like I said. My father worked at Anheuser-Busch at the plant in Jacksonville, and at the time, I don't think my mother worked. I think she was stay-at-home. Um, that didn't last very long. Uh, I don't know how old I was when they divorced, but it was fairly young. Um, I just remember some of my first memories are of him trying to beat the door down because my mother wouldn't let him in. And my sister and I behind the door kind of screaming and freaking out. Um, scared of him. Now I look at it through an adult eye and I don't know who was being irrational. I'm, I'm sure both of them were, but was he drunk and just trying to beat his way into the house and my mom wouldn't let him in or was she just l- making him stay out for no good reason and he was angry about it, you know? So I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just know that at one point he left and my mother wanted him back. He had apparently checked in to a psych ward. He was bipolar like I am. And uh, he went to the 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 nut house <laughs> and he met someone there and apparently fell in love and uh left my mom for her this this lady had a daughter and they got married um i remember during this time just random things 
um, I remember going over to visit and that the, the girl was told to put her toys away so that we couldn't play with them. Uh, so we wouldn't break them, which was more like it. Um, the girl was probably a little older than we were, and we may have broken her stuff. I don't know. We weren't destructive little brats or anything, but uh, there was no love there for this from the stepmom. Um, but I remember other things, like my mom one time went over to his house. Um, I think it was before, you know, they had, they had married and moved in together, the, the new lady. And she took all of his stuff with a couple of friends and moved it back into our house. And then he came and he got it all back, you know? And I thought my dad was coming home. You know, that's what my mom had told us. It didn't work. Now, growing up, I was told that my dad was an alcoholic and that that was the cause of every bit of pain and problems. Um, it was the reason he stopped visitation. It was the reason they got divorced. It was the reason, you know, for everything. Uh, years later, I was contacted by the woman he did end up with and was told quite a different story that he was never an alcoholic and that he was bipolar, manic depressive, as they called it back then, and that that was the cause of a lot of the problems. Now, I don't know. I was, I mean, I was there, but I was a kid and I was removed from a lot of the stuff that was going on in the adult part of my of that world um but i figure on one hand I've, I've i'm hearing information from a woman that is bitter and angry at him and so therefore would want me to think the worst of him and then in my adult life i get news about him from a woman who wants to defend him and who was in love with him and, uh, you know, was on his side. And so I figure the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. He was likely uh, very bipolar. I believe that. But he probably also struggled with alcoholism. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of people do try to self-medicate and, and alcohol comes into the equation. It's the only thing that really explains everything that I can remember. Somewhere in there, say around age four, I remember my mom setting me down in the doorway of her bedroom and reading a little book, a track to me. Tract. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> but it was a little Christian thing from the Baptist church down the street. And I asked Jesus into my heart. I prayed the prayer with my mom. Did I know what I was doing? Probably not. But um, I know from that point on, I considered myself a Christian. And my mom took us to Sunday school and to church at the Baptist church around the corner. 
in the north side of Jacksonville. We lived in a three-bedroom house without central air or, or heat. It uh, it had a in-the-wall air conditioner, and uh, I never remember being hot though, falling asleep. But man, I remember being cold. And many a night we would huddle around the furnace that was installed into the wall and was supposed to provide the entire house with heat just by, I guess, osmosis. And we would sleep around this thing. Um, I also remember a little thing. Um, and I only remember this because someone said, hey, make sure you put in there stuff about your creativity. Um, because I I really wanted to know what people wanted to know <laughs> about my life. And I remember around that time, you know, four or five, drawing a picture of something. It's it likely a car. And I showed it to my mom and I'm like, hey, check it out. And she's like, oh, that is wonderful. That is great. That is so neat. And I remember being so frustrated with her and myself and especially the image because I knew what I wanted to draw and what I wanted to draw and how I wanted it to come out was not reflected on that piece of paper. And so now I look back at that time and I realize that I probably had something going on that that not a lot of folks do at that age. And that is I had at least the eye of an artist. I didn't have the coordination to do what I wanted to do, but I knew enough to know that, that, that it wasn't right. I mean, and what kid, what kid is like that? I've never heard of a kid to do that. I mean, my own children, when I told them that, that their stuff looked good, they believed it. And they walked away and we put it on the, on the refrigerator and, you know, it was the most beautiful art in the world as far as they knew. So I don't know, but I knew I couldn't draw and, uh, always frustrated me. Uh, but we'll get back to that in a minute. So my parents divorced again, like I said, when I was young, um, I believe they remarried at a certain time because there are pictures of me and my sisters uh, all dressed up. Um, it was a small wedding just with the pastor and, and us. But uh, it may have been a recommitment kind of thing. I don't, I don't know. But it didn't last either. He did end up going away with the other woman and ended up having a child with her. Um, so I have a half-sister that lives somewhere outside of Atlanta. I met her once at a Dragon Con festival. Um, not that she went to Dragon Con. Um, they came to Dragon Con because I was there in Atlanta, and it was easier for them to bump into me. So um, she seems like a nice lady. She looks a lot like my sisters mixed together. Definitely looks a lot like her dad. Um, but my mom and dad had shared custody. And uh, 
So that, like I said, we would go over to his house and it was no fun. He didn't know us. It seemed like because he would do things like he'd put tomatoes on my sandwiches and my mom knew that I hated tomatoes always have. He would put me down for naps or put me to sleep and, and turn all the lights out. I would be so scared, but too afraid to say anything because I just didn't want to get in trouble or didn't want to be a burden. Um, and I definitely remember seeing the toys put up high in the closet. Um, his backyard was mostly dirt and a couple of stick trees. And, you know, it would have been fine for a grown-up, but <laughs> wasn't great. Years later, I saw pictures um, that reminded me that they bought us bicycles to ride while we were over there so we would have something to do. I don't remember a thing about that, but there's pictures that proves that they, you know, they tried, tried something. But eventually, and, and I don't know when it happened, I don't even know what age I was, but it had to have been some point between five and eight, and probably closer to six years old. Um, my mom uh, cut off. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I say my mom. Somehow or another, visitation stopped. I don't know whose idea it was. Uh, my guess is it was my mom's. But it could have been, you know, that it could have been Lewis. It could have been his wife not wanting um, to, to have to deal with us. Uh, it could have been a lot of things. Maybe it was like, like I said earlier, a little bit of both. And, um, I remember us being in the car driving home from church and my sister singing a song to herself, just like singing. I want my daddy. I want my daddy. And, uh, I didn't understand how very, very sad that was at the time. But I do remember my mom telling me at one point that we need to stop praying for Lewis to come home because he's not, he's not going to come home. And I think that's when he must've gotten married. And I know things are getting out of order here, but I'm kind of saying them as I'm remembering them. So Lewis was cut off or, or he cut himself off. I'm not sure. Uh, but at that point, it was just my mom and my sisters and me. My mom must have gone out a lot. I don't, I don't know. But we were left with babysitters. And it didn't seem like my mother took great care in who she would let us stay with. Because one of my earliest memories is of one of the babysitters. I know this sounds crazy, but we had a little red rocking chair, little baby, you know, kid sized rocking chair. And she tied us to it with dish rags, just our arms and our legs. And she would inject us with something in a syringe. And I don't know what it was. Um, 
have no idea. It was obviously harmless. Um, but I just remember getting a shot, you know, and when you're a kid, you don't want to get a shot. And I remember my sister being tied down and after I was done and just screaming and crying. And I remember we told our mom and the lady never came back. And I don't know what was done, if anything. Uh, but I do remember years later, and I'm talking about when I was in upper elementary to middle school, we went to visit a church and my mother instructed us. She said, you remember the lady that shot you guys, you know, in the arm? She, she goes to this church and I don't want you saying anything about it. And, uh, I was kind of freaked out, but uh, I I never saw her. Um, another time we were, uh, left with a teenage girl or maybe two teenage girls. I'm not sure. My mom taught school after my dad left. And so I assume that these girls were, uh, middle school girls or high school girls. I'm not sure. But as soon as my mom left, they invited two guys over and they got high in the bathroom over the toilet. Uh, I remember them talking about pot and that's what my mom called the toilet. And so I was very confused about what they were doing. Um, they had me and my sister take a shower or a bath together, which at that age would have still been normal, you know, three and under four and under. I don't know. Um, but then they tried to make us do things to each other, which opened up a whole mess of stuff for me that I dealt with and struggled with for years. Um, I'm sure my sister was too young to remember anything and nothing happened, but it was just the attempt um, that they tried to make us do things uh, that were inappropriate. I remember looking at a plug in the wall and thinking, um, I get the idea. They want me to plug it in just like the plug in the wall. But it didn't work, thankfully. Um, my grandmother was amazing. She smoked like a chimney. She uh, had long black hair that she kept up in a tight bun her entire life. I didn't even know she had long hair until she died. And it was just all the way down her back. Um, she baked, she cooked, um, she didn't put up with any crap. We, we behaved ourselves, you know, around her, but she was great. She was very crafty. She had a sewing room and later an entire addition to the house that was her crafting area, um, sewing area, uh, her collections and things like that. I attribute a lot of my creativity 
and stuff like that to her because um, she was a collector as well. She collected pottery. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was expensive. And she would collect it. And she also collected things like strawberry shortcake dolls and left them in the boxes, which blew my sisters and my minds. She collected munchy cheese, which were these little monkeys that had holes in their mouth and ears and I think their nose where you could stick their fingers. <laughs> so weird. But I remember the, remember the song on the commercial, munchy cheese, munchy cheese. Oh, so soft and cuddly, with a thumb in her mouth, she's really neat. Some, 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 her little feet. La, 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 happy, happy, munchy gee. So, uh, yeah, she was a toy collector, kind of like I am now. We called her Ginga, because when I was little, that's what I called her. There's an audio tape somewhere of them trying to get me to say grandma, and I'm saying Ginga. And so all the siblings called her Ginga. And Ginga was awesome. She would take us um, to restaurants, which was something that never happened. Unless we were sick and it was just me and mom, I never went to a restaurant. Because we were, we were poor. Um, my mom worked, like I said, as a teacher uh, and I don't know that we were really, really poor, like for real poor. I think it was bad money management poor because people would come by from the church and bring us Christmas and they would come by and bring us Thanksgiving. And so I, I knew, you know, and we shopped for clothes at, at, uh, garage sales and thrift stores. And I knew, you know, I know we were, we were poor, but I don't know why. I don't know if we were legit poor or we were poor because the money was being spent improperly. And I'll get to more of that later because that's what happened later on in life is we weren't poor, but uh, money was spent just on the wrong things. Um, I took piano lessons, the lady around the corner gave piano lessons and, and obviously my mom paid for that. Um, my sister also, and I learned to play piano. I, I never learned much. What I would do is I'd memorize what she wanted us to play and then I would just ignore the notes and that worked for me. That was the easiest thing to do. Uh, I had guitar lessons when I was a kid. Uh, we're probably talking about six or seven. And I enjoyed guitar. I learned guitar chords. And uh, I didn't learn a whole lot. Um, I learned, like I said, about six or seven chords in the in the time that it took to... Uh, or the time that we were doing guitar lessons. I don't remember them lasting long, but I've still, I still can play and I still have those same chords and I've added a few 
uh, in my life, but didn't didn't get much um, out of piano or guitar other than just learning to play by ear on piano and learning to play those uh, maybe six chords, two sets of three that I learned. Um, I remember wearing a lot of clothes to school that I was embarrassed to wear. Um, mostly <laughs> because stuff would be printed on them. I don't know what it is about getting t-shirts at, at, uh, at the thrift store, but a lot of them had stuff printed on them like Snoopy and, and just stuff like that. And I remember being in uh second, first or second grade and just being so embarrassed of tie dyed t-shirts and, and things like that. Uh, I, I had no clue about brands, you know, I don't think anybody did back then. So it wasn't like that. It was just, uh, clothes weren't good. Um, mom was okay during this time. I, I don't remember, um, any abuse or even verbal abuse. I remember she did her best. Um, she was a good mom. She took us to church, took care of us when we were sick. We got to sleep in the bed with her, <laughs> which was a, a big thing. Uh, and we, we went to church. Eventually mom got um, the Holy ghost and so we switched from a Baptist church to a, a word of faith church. Some of you guys may go, oh, yeah, I know about that. But in case you don't know about word of faith, word of faith churches believe in the power of a good confession. Uh, a good confession being that you say positive things. It's a lot like Christian science, uh, really. The Christian scientists believe that... Uh, Whatever you think or believe or say is is what's going to come true, um, and that's that's kind of like word of faith is you claim things in the name of Jesus, and you believe them in your heart with no doubt, and those things will come to you. And um, so, therefore, in our house, suddenly, if you had a headache, you were to pray for it. And then you were to claim that you didn't have a headache anymore. So if you went to ask for Tylenol, um, you were denied it because you don't have a headache. And if you, if you say you do, that's a bad confession. We just prayed about that. So, yeah. It took a long time for the name it and claim it stuff to, to wiggle its way back out of my theology because I was brought up in it. Um, but it was a good little church, you know, uh, a bunch of hippies led worship and, uh, the pastor would preach and we'd go to Sunday school and I would act out. I would act up. I would make kids laugh and I didn't even think of it as being bad. It was just something I did. And my mom uh, was told about it 
And there was a deal struck between the leader and my mother that I didn't know about. And that deal was that if he causes problems, you can take him out and spank him. So I didn't know about that. They should have told me I would have probably behaved, but I didn't. I started acting up and he took me out in the hallway and gave me a spanking. And I was so embarrassed and, and so, you know, uh, corrected that I, I never spoke up in that class again. So, so it worked, but it just, it shows you that there was a different time back then because they were still given SWATs at school. Um, up until I was in high school, the principal would carry around a board. So, uh, you know, it's just a different time. I, I remember my high school had a smoking area for high school students who are old enough to use it. Um, anyway, my mom started having a, uh, uh, a, a, a home Bible study and the man that led it was named John, John Kennison. And my mom had a crush on this guy. And there was a certain chair that he would sit in when we would, when he would come over and the people would come to hear him speak at, at the little Bible studies that they would do. And when, um, when he wasn't there, we weren't allowed to sit in that chair. That was a special chair. So the next memory I have about that is suddenly they go on a date. And they come home from the date. And guess what? They're getting married. And we were so excited. Because I kind of liked the guy. He, he was he's friendly. I used to tease him and, you know, play with him and stuff like that, you know, or tried to, I thinking back, it was mostly one way. Like I would, I would just tease and, and try to get his attention. And he just put up with me because <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I guess I do know why, but we'll get to that in a minute. So after one date, they decided to get married and they did, and we were all in the wedding. They went, and it, it was a big deal that he married all of us. That's what they said. You know, it wasn't just my mom that he was taking on the whole family. And um, a few months later, uh, my brother was born. And uh, looking back as an adult, he came along pretty quick. So the Bible studies weren't the only thing going on. That's all I got to say about that. I was eight years old when they got married. And we went out to John's property. He had property in Yulee, Florida, three and a half acres. And he had a couple of uh, campers out there. One was a pull behind, you know, camper. And one was a one that would slide into the back of a truck. And, uh, we, we'd go stay out there on the weekends and we'd have bonfires and stuff like that. And I remember one night 
it was probably the first night that we ever stayed there. My sister started screaming because we were teasing her or fighting or something. But my sister would just scream, scream, you know, just what she did. She was the youngest. And John came running out in his birthday suit because he wasn't used to it. And he heard that scream and thought there was something legitimately wrong. And he went back in and got dressed. And I was scared to death because I was like, holy crap. I wasn't supposed to see that. And surely he's going to be mad. He came back with a belt, a robe and a belt. And he just hit all of us over and over. Um, my sister couldn't have been more than three, you know, uh, three and six and eight. And he just hit us all with the belt. And, and just for a while. And I didn't know, you know, at the time, but that was the, that was how he was going to be doing things from then on, especially with me. My mother wanted us all to have the same last name because we did not, you know, it was Rogers and Kennison. And so she, I don't know how it all goes down, but somehow or another the court was involved and my real dad was be, was involved. And I guess in order for us to have the same last name, see, I don't even know if this is true. I, I'm thinking about it now. I have always assumed that he had to give up his parental rights in order to change the name. But I don't know if, if that's really the case, but anyway, that's what my mom wanted. She wanted his name stricken from the record on our birth certificates and wanted it written up as if John was our real father. And apparently Lewis did not want this. And so he's, he got to, he either, at the time, I thought he he was just visiting us. My mom told me he was. He was just visiting us because he he didn't want us to be a family. And I believed that. I, at the time, wanted it. I wanted my name to change. I didn't know any, any better, you know, other than what my mom told me. Um, But this is what makes me think that she just cut him off the you know years before because as soon as the courts got involved then visitation started happening and um this is the if you listen to the, that that story show there was a period of time where it was christmas and he brought gifts over and we unwrapped them and uh, as soon as he left my mother give them back you know give them up put, pack them back up and we took them to another family and gave the gifts to them and got to watch them play with them. And it wasn't very fun, but I can laugh about it now because it's so ridiculous. But yeah, at the time it was like one of the worst Christmases ever. Um, for my sister, she can't laugh about it. She, 
doesn't remember much about her childhood, but she remembers the father that, you know, she remembers the one thing that he ever gave her that my mom forced her to give it away and took it away. And, uh, yeah. So I remember going to court a lot, sitting in the lobby, you know, with a babysitter or, or someone drawing pictures and, and, um, and the visitations going on and things like that. Eventually, uh, he apparently signed his rights away. And I know that because years later, when, um, when the stepmom got in touch with me, she sent me a bunch of photos and things and she sent the document. And I don't know why she sent the document or a copy of it. I don't know what her point was. Um, but it really kind of sealed the deal for me because as an adult and as someone who struggles with depression and anxiety and bipolarism, um, I have two children of my own and there is nothing in the world that I could imagine that would ever make me put my signature on a piece of paper like that because with one signature he he let us go and i'm sure that there are circumstances that i don't understand my mom can be very manipulative very mean when she needed to be um he could have been suicidal even back then um he could have gone through a, a dark patch. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I do remember that he was overweight. Um, which is my mother. My mother's overweight or was as well at that time. And that's where I get it from. I'm assuming that and I eat a lot or I used to. I'm on a diet now. I've been down, you know, 16 pounds. But, uh my mom said it was all because of alcohol, but, uh, I, I know medication can have a lot to do with that. So I know it affected me quite a bit. It makes you very hungry sometimes. So Lewis signed away his rights to us and then John adopted us. And they, they didn't just, they weren't good enough. It wasn't good enough to have the last name changed for me because my, my name was James Lewis Rogers. So at the time I thought it was a great idea. And so did they to change my middle name as well, to get Lewis, my father's name out of the picture, um, to take my stepdad's name our middle name. So his name was John Wesley and I became James Wesley Kennison, which is what it is to to this day. And I will tell you, I hate my middle name the most. Um, 
but I hate my last name almost as much. I've gotten used to it. I've had it since I was eight years old. But I am the last of my father's sons. Every every other kid that he had was a girl. <laughs> of course, their names got changed when they got married. Um, but I was the only one that could have carried it on. And, uh, so I don't, and Lewis was a big deal because Lewis was not only his middle name, his name being Wayne Lewis Rogers, uh, but it was his mother's maiden name. And the Lewis family goes back forever. I looked them up on ancestry.com one time and they, they were, they have a, a, a big family, um, so not only did I lose my father's name, I lost, you know, his mother's name as well. It was, it's just a big, you know, kind of a weird thing. Um, but it's too late to change it now. I'm 46. All my kids are named Kennison. It drives me crazy sometimes if I think about it too much. Because this man, he just, he beat me. And he, and he screamed at me and he called me names and he put me down, made me think I was garbage. Um, especially after he had two children with my mom, they could do no wrong. They were angels. Um, they were called literally called kings and princes and stuff like that in the home in a religious fashion uh, where I was called a sissy. I was called ugly old James. And any kind of, uh, I don't know, I always had a way about me to where I could figure things out. I still do. Like my kids call me a fixer. They, they, you call me that since they were really little. Cause I could fix stuff. I just, I don't know if, if you bring me something and you're like, where's, what does this go to nine times out of 10? I know what it is and I know where it's supposed to go and what it's supposed to click into and how to, how to fix it. I don't know. It's just my thing. And I had it back when I was a kid and, uh, John made sure to make fun of that. I think he was intimidated. You know, as an adult, I look back and, I think he was intimidated because we, we were doing something one time working on a lawnmower or something like that. And, uh, he couldn't figure something out. And I, I just said, Hey, what about this? And all of a sudden the motor, the motorcycle, the, uh, lawnmower worked. And he's like, you and that scientific mind, that's the way you'd say it. Scientific mind. And, uh, so Everything that I did was uh, mocked. And even the parts of me that made me special or smart uh, came to be things that I was ashamed of and wanted to hide. Um, I wanted to impress him so bad. I wanted to win his love. I joined Boy Scouts like he did. That wasn't enough because he was a patrol leader. 
I became an assistant patrol leader and then a patrol leader and then a chaplain's assistant. And it seemed like back then, even back then, I thought of it this way, that his expectations would be like up on a flight of stairs and I would climb up to that step where his expectations were. But before I would get there, the expectations would go up about 10 more steps. And then I would make those 10 steps and the expectations would just go higher. And it was like, I never could please this man. And he was so angry all the time. He, we eventually moved out to the property that we visited, you know, on the weekends and they plopped a double wide trailer out there. And, um, I did have my own room until my brothers were born. Um, and then they shared, shared it with me. Their, their cribs did anyway. It's a lot of waking up a bit, oh, in the middle of the night with kids crying, Ugh. but that's not, that's not, uh, <laughs> it's not torture. That's just life. Uh, but, uh, I remember he, he would just, he would just beat me over the stupidest things. Like kicking, kicking a basketball. It just make him mad. Another time my sister borrowed my raincoat and threw it on my bed. And I didn't even know that she had borrowed it or that it was on my bed. But I was, I was uh, punished for that because he was in the Marines and discipline was very important to him. And um, he would say that in the Marines, it didn't matter if somebody had borrowed your stuff. If, if your stuff was out of line, you would get in trouble. And so I'd get hit. He hit me with a belt um, or a paddle. Um, he called it Big Red, the paddle. Um, that was because when we lived in Jacksonville, before we moved to the trailers at the, at the property, um, there was an old swing that my mom had painted red and, uh, it fell apart. It just got old and fell apart. And we went and told him about it and I got in trouble and he whooped me with every single plank from the back of that, that stupid swing and then kept a bunch of them and broke a bunch of them on me too. Um, once, once we moved out to the country, um, my mom experimented with homeschooling because it was a new trendy thing. And it, it wasn't, she started off with good intentions. There was a, a building on the property called the bunkhouse. And, uh, it was just a, a shed, basically a, a very well-made, you know, finished shed. Um, one that had window, a window and a, and a door. Um, and she set up a classroom in there. She used to be a teacher. She quit once, you know, mom and John got married. Uh, but soon that stopped and we started having class around the dinner table 
and the bunkhouse got filled up with junk. Like a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere underneath there was a perfect copy of, of what originally was our, our uh, classroom because we had desks and, and, and a chalkboard and a ditto machine and, and everything. She really went, got into it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to break it off right here. Um, yeah. And then I'll pick it up next time and we'll talk about, uh, me getting my face burned off by a flaming marshmallow and, and we'll go, we'll go there. So, uh, I hope you've enjoyed <laughs> this podcast, your life segment. Um, you, you, I'm never sure how deep to go with this stuff, but, um, this, this is where, where it's gone. And, um, if you have any feedback or anything like that, you can email me at james at nlcast.com. If you have any questions, things you'd like me to cover or, or revisit, um, this is just part one of probably what will be three to four sections about 40, 50 minutes long. I wanted to say thanks to, uh, Zane Estrada, Carrie Wright and Carrie Bernhardt for their support on Patreon. And if you would not mind it and you got a few bucks, go over to patreon.com slash GOK and sign up to be a monthly uh, supporter of this podcast. Um, it will, it, it always helps. It makes me happy. So, um, and it's, and it's just nice, nice thing to do. Anyway, little, I'm going to put a little mark on my notes so I'll know where to pick up next time. And we'll see you then. Uh, this is, this is hard stuff. It's, uh, but it, it gets better. <laughs> Things do get better. Just the dirty parts, the childhood part. So we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening.